This episode of Cognitive Dissonance is brought to you by our patrons. You fucking rock. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. Recording live. And it's working this time. <laughs> Again. This time. I, hope, I hope it's working. From fucking Glory Hole Studios oh. and Associated Studios. Guys, we had, we recorded such a good show yesterday. It's the funniest show <laughs> we ever recorded. So good. It's amazing. That fish was that fish was at least 35 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> this is yeah, but it got away. Yeah, it, it got, got away. away. It super it got, got away. Um, it's the this one is, that got this away. This is uh, effort number two. And so far it's going effort poorly. number two. But this isn't so it's effort number two. On episode 560, so is it, it's like 560B. <laughs> so the B-sides and rarities is what this is. What this is. Well, the other show was so good, guys. I mean, really so good, but it just, we recorded it all the way to the end just for you and then found out it didn't record. Didn't do the recording so, I mean, part. This is, yeah. This is, yeah. I mean, it did record. But only Tom's side. Half of it. Half of it recorded. <laughs> and, uh, and today we don't have, I don't have stable internet in my house. Yeah. So yeah. here we go, buddy. Here we go. Yeah, we're, we're doing this good stuff today. Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode, and sometimes mm -hmm. twice, we bring critical thinking, yeah. skepticism, <laughs> and irreverence <laughs> to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical. It sure as hell is political. Oh, my God. And there is no welcome at. This is, as Cecil mentioned, episode 560 of Cognitive Distance. And this is this is the, uh, the what is this, the post-coup uh, post insurrection episode. It's, it's post. It's post coitus. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. The afterglow from that not so good. Yeah, it's a, not so it's good. Not, although the afterglow from impeachment, that's like a red ass. <laughs> it's really nice. It's, it's got a nice sheen to it. You know. What oh. a fucking week. This is this is the world has gotten so crazy. We recorded our last show as we always do on Thursday. In the evening, the coup happened that day. Um, I think yeah. both of us have no, the day before. It was Wednesday. It was oh, was Wednesday, it Wednesday that the coup was. happened? Okay. Yeah, I think it was Wednesday the sixth. It, it right? was the Does sixth. That make sense? Yeah, it was the sixth. Yeah, so it was Wednesday the sixth. So it happened the day before. Right, right. And it's, it's what what is just so crazy though is that um, within a matter of days, whatever we say is is outdated. So when the coup originally. Uh, when the insurrection videos and everything kind of happened, Cecil and I recorded a show, and I mean, we both very much were like, God, these fucking chuckleheads broke their ass yeah. into the Capitol and didn't know what to do. And holy shit, the videos that have come out in the intervening week really kind of play havoc on that commentary, doesn't it? It really does. And, you know, one of the things that we were doing was we we, we had this idea that they were sort of wandering around like the zombies in the mall and taunt the dead, not really knowing what to do, <laughs> just walking back and forth. We didn't really think 
that they were there to do some serious damage. Right. We thought that they just broke in and they were surprised as everyone else <laughs> that they had broken in. You know, it's like when the dog finally catches the car and doesn't know what to do with it. <laughs> just standing there with a, with a car in its mouth and then the car starts to go away and the dog is flailing off the back. That's what it felt like. But this time around, this time around this week, we started finding out more and more and more as things become uncovered. We got a chance to see the the guy who's sort of jumping through the house with the zip tie handcuffs that was clearly there to capture people and and hold people hostage. They had planned to, uh, according to uh, to the FBI now and other sources, they're saying that they would plan to murder some people as well as capture people. So they had plan they had plans to really do some nefarious shit. And last week, we we didn't even know that at that no, point. Right. Up to that point, all we had seen was the, you know, the sort of incompetence of the, the, the Capitol Police. And now we're sort of seeing this, all this other stuff come to light as, as time goes on. And that's what happens, you know, when news cycles move so quickly, we, we miss, you know, you miss it just by a day. Yeah, well, I think the important thing is to double down, Cecil, on our prior commentary rather than Oh, Look yeah. at new information <laughs> and adjust our, our world. Yeah. I think that's that's the you yeah. know you know what we do, right. Cecil. We call that being consistent. If you're yeah, that's consistent. Right. You're consistently exactly wrong right. when you yeah. do that, but it's still. I'm not a flip flopper, Tom. Yeah, a fucking I am a, not man. A <laughs> this last week has been an absolute. And then they impeached Trump. They impeached I mean, Trump. Like they impeached yeah. Trump in a in a day. Yep. They got that shit done. That that was we're recording on. Friday this time because well it's it's a do over episode yeah um but yeah. yeah they got that shit done on Wednesday they they introduced the articles they had a fucking yay or nay vote and ten yep. Republicans and I was dismayed at how few that's in the House ten Republicans yeah um voted to to impeach but Trump now has the dubious distinction of being the only president to have been impeached twice and imagine yeah. how fucked up shit has to get. For them to impeach your ass a week before you're out anyway. Man, when you're when you fucking give your two-week notice and your boss is still like, fuck it, you're fired. <laughs> yeah, you can't you know, just clean out just, your desk today. No. No, and actually you got 10 minutes. And to we're do not that. just yeah. fuck it. I'll mail you your shit. Get out. The people that were uh, opposing the impeachment, Jim Jordan was one of them. Uh who basically said that, you know, they, he did this thing where he kind of conflated the Russia investigation uh, and the Ukraine uh, impeachment. He sort of conflated the two when he talked and he had said something like, well, all that didn't ma reach anything and they want to do it again, essentially. Right. Not, we didn't find anything out in any of those other investigations and now they want to do it again. And I'm thinking, you you sat in there and you know there were indictments. You know there were indictments in those investigations and yet you still want to want to run this narrative by the American people somehow that, that, uh, that there was nothing found in those investigations. That's outer bullshit. But the, this... this whole thing when you when you hear these people talk the reason why is something we talked about a couple of weeks the reason why they're coming out for uh, against impeachment in this case and the reason why they a couple days ago before this happened during well because they were certifying the election during the riots the reason why they were all trying to stop the certification is because they do not like the way uh the way the democratic landscape of this country with 
ability to vote and access to yep. vote is unfolding in front of them. They do not like that. They don't want to see it. And I was listening to the Daily Today of a Republican, a Republican congressman who was basically bemoaning the same thing. He's one who did vote for impeachment, but he's basically uh, saying that, well, when they were saying there's massive voter fraud, what they were really referring to was how these states changed their constitutions and those constitutions allowed for mail-in voting when that wasn't available to them before. And then since they changed it for the pandemic, and that's what they're rallying against. And Michael Barbaro, the host of the podcast, is essentially pushing back and saying, look, that's fine, but when you say there's massive voter fraud and then you don't clarify that point, yeah. you are essentially agreeing with what the president said, which is all yeah. just baseless bullshit. And, and it's not fraud to say you change your laws and I don't like it, so therefore it's yeah. fraud. Look, it, it, if, if you say to somebody, hey, you know, you changed this law and I don't think the law that you changed accomplishes the same goals that I want to accomplish and we should revisit uh, either A, the validity of those changes, whether in fact you had the authority to make those changes or whether those changes are in the best interest of the country. That's a conversation, not fraud. Fraud is right. an intentional right. criminal misdo. You know, like that's a wildly yeah. different thing. None of this is, Absolutely. none of this comes from a place of honesty. Uh, your, your point that you made before about, you know, they, they go back to the Russia thing. They're right. Even though the Russia thing had nothing to fucking do with the impeachment, right? That's intentional. Yeah, right. They know the difference. Yeah. They, Jim Jordan knows the fucking difference between Russia and the Ukraine, even if Russia seems confused about the difference <laughs> between Russia and the Ukraine. Yeah, they still use it as a P.O. box. Right? That's for sure. <laughs> Look, I, I, the schools are better in the Ukraine. I'm just going to use it as my mailing. And I am just here to pick up package. <laughs> I just pick package. Up. I'm having my Amazon deliveries sent here. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's Prime Day. I ordered a lot. <laughs> it, it, it fucking, are you serious? But they know the fucking difference. None of they this do. is accidental. They do. they do. Like these guys are, this is their full-time fucking job, guys. It's not like you and I, where we have a job and we've got families and we've got hobbies and we've got fucking other things. This is their job is to know this. It's their only yeah. fucking yeah. job. Think <laughs> about how well you know your yeah. job. That's how well they know that Russia and the Ukraine aren't the same thing. So when they confuse those things, never for a second allow yourself to believe that that is anything other than an intentional effort to publicly mislead you. That is yeah. purposeful. That is absolutely yeah. purposeful. When they when they have these bullshit conversations where they talk about, and I, I listened to that same daily, man, and it was so fucking infuriating because that guy is, is trying to hedge so fucking hard. When you're listening to him, he's trying to hedge He's a freshman congressperson. He's a Republican. And I think this guy has some integrity, but he still recognizes the difficulty that he's in being a part yeah. of a failing fucking movement, which is the GOP. When, when, yeah. they, when they frame shit in terms of election integrity, that means yeah. that there is a lack of integrity around the election, right? That, the, that, that would lead you by, by the name. It leads you to the idea that, man, our elections are insecure. They are not, yeah. there is not integrity to this process. That, but then when you dig into it, they, they because they have no facts to back any of that up, they retreat into an entirely different issue. Don't, don't, don't let them mislead. It's an entirely different issue to say, well, you know, when the state legislatures made these fundamental shifts to what they would count as a vote or how voting would be allowed, we don't think that they should have done that. That's not the same thing as fraud. That's not the same thing as election integrity. That's, we wish you didn't do that. You did it anyway. Can we get that changed? 
but it was fucking yeah. legal because the legislature of the state did it. And every court recognized it. Every single court recognized yeah. it. They yeah. just don't like it. And they are they're going to probably yeah. try really hard to roll a lot of that shit back. But that has nothing yeah. to do with fraud. And it never, ever did. It's, and they're not confused. They are not confused by it. They are trying to confuse no. the public. They are, And it, it is working. And it worked so hard that 8,000 people showed up at the Capitol laboring under the delusion. And that's all that it is, which was absolutely fostered. They were laboring under the delusion that was fostered by lawmakers, not just Trump. Yeah, but no, by many, many, not. many lawmakers. Right. You're absolutely right. And when you and when you do uh when you uh basically go out onto the stage in all these different places where they're going out and saying, you know, we need to take this country back and when you back things like stop the steal, right. there you are sending a message that says I agree with what Trump is saying, yep. whether or not you agree with it or not. Yep. You signed on. When you take the stage with somebody who is who is saying those types of things and who is who is claiming, you know, if you take the stage with Rudy Giuliani, and you guys are both saying stop the steal, you can't expect the audience to somehow parse that your stop the steal is different than Rudy Giuliani's no, stop right. the steal. <laughs> that is absurd. They're using the same rhetoric. They're using the same stop the steal language. They're talking about election integrity, which is a bullshit phrasing. They're talking about and using words like fraud. When what they really yeah. mean is, we don't want all these people of color to vote. That's what That's you really exactly mean. It. Yeah. That's it. We don't want poor people to vote, and we don't want people of color to vote, and we don't want people to... If we ask everybody in a democracy, who do you want to be in charge, we'll never win. What we want to ask, this is what the Republicans are saying, by reducing the voter pool, they are saying, we want to ask only the right people. In this case, white people who they want to be in charge. Having a vote that is a single day during bankers hours and not allowing people who can, if they, you know, if they, if they can't get to the voting booth to vote early in some cases, or at least vote uh, by mail, because it's so much more convenient just to do that on a free time during any of your time, just to fr freely just go in and vote and then send it back. It's so fucking easy. The reason why they do that is because they want to make sure that people who can get out of work can. If you're a dishwasher and you work from, you know, dusk, dawn till dusk, yep. you don't have an opportunity to vote. You know, do polls close at eight. Maybe you don't get out. Maybe you got to pick your kids up from school. Maybe you're busy. Maybe all those things happen, you know, because we don't fucking, we don't pay attention to voting day as if it's some sort of grand holiday. It's not at nope. all. Everybody's got to go to work that day. And so the fact is, is that they they literally want to try to, to close that window as tight as they can because they know that their people will make time because they can and they have the privilege yep. to. They know for sure that the other people will not be able to make time. They'll be stuck at work. You know, they won't be, and if it's raining, they won't be able to walk to the poll because they probably don't have a car. All those things disenfranchise poor voters. If you just allowed it to have a self-addressed stamped mm -hmm. envelope sent to everybody and they were able to vote, you would change the demographics of this country uh, in the sense that you would change the uh, the political demographics all over this country because those people would have an opportunity to vote. And it's just it's just numbers. And we've seen it. It's, it's visible. Yeah. It, it was evident this year and this year there still here. wasn't yeah. as much mail-in voting as there should be or could be. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the Republicans have claimed from day one 
that this would result in fraud, but they've never one time ever no. shown any yeah. fraud associated with it because yeah. that was never the issue. The issue is and has always been the same. It's the same reason that they're like, oh, we got to make sure that there's, you know, all these different variants of a poll tax, right? So right. anything right. that makes it, anything that, that, that is a barrier which creates a monetary barrier toward voting is in effect, a poll tax. And they're, they're oh, well, we got we to gotta verify ID. You gotta have to, we want all these ID laws and shit. Well, IDs aren't fucking yeah. free. There is, first of yeah. all, there's no national ID system in this country. Every state has their own ID. If I want to go get a state ID in the state of Illinois, I think it's 10 or $20. You got to pay and for then it. I, but you I also have it. to go to the fucking DMV during their business hours, yeah. right? You have to, you have to, yeah, you got to pay for that right. somehow with your time. So I've got to pay for it with cash and I got to pay for it with time. You're, you're creating barriers. And we've seen in, in yeah. every single thing that's ever been stated, the more barriers you create, the less people are willing to knock down those barriers. We should be, if we really want a democracy, we should be knocking barriers down. We should say, hey, yeah. a democracy means we ask the people, who do you want to be in charge? So what's the yeah. best way to ask all of the people? The thing is, they never wanted to ask all the people. The, the framers no. of the Constitution didn't want to ask all the people. This no. country has no. never wanted to ask all the people. This is actually very historically consistent. The problem yeah. is, or the problem- It's originalist. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> it is. The thing yeah. is that we're just getting to a point where we're getting closer to what a functional democracy would demand of its government, which is to take yeah. into account the actual will of the majority of the people. That necessarily destroys the political hegemony of the white, middle, and upper class. That's what yep. that does. Yep. And they're terrified. Yep. Yep. And that is exactly oh. who MAGA is. Look at MAGA. Yep. That's those guys. That's what they're afraid of. They're afraid that they're going to lose yeah. all that power. This is privilege whining. And they're not even, they, some of those people would even benefit, probably a lot of them yeah. would even benefit by voting a different party. They're just, they're just blindfolded and they, they, they recognize that, that those people hate the same people they do. So they think that there's something in it for them. But I, this week, I recently, this week, uh, there's a, I, I grew up in a, you know, a rural, it wasn't a rural town. It's a, it's a town outside of Chicago. It's a suburb. And uh, I had friends there when I was a kid. And I remember, you know, I stopped hanging out with them right around high school because I had moved cities. And then I, you know, a couple days ago, I got a Facebook friend request from a kid I went to middle school and, uh, and grade school with, who I was close friends with back then. And I started scrolling through his Facebook feed and he's got, he's got Trump's face on there, but people won't share this. He's sharing videos about the insurrection, saying how great it was. Oh my God. He's got a, a rebel flag. And I just thought to myself, we are literally, there's nothing in common no, between right? us. And I know for sure, I know for sure that voting the other way would probably help him. He right. would be in a better space if that were true, that he, you know, he would have a, a better, he would, he would just have a, a, a more opportunity if he were to vote a different way, but he's been blindfolded his whole life and he's been, he's been lied to his whole life to say that that's the, you know, that's what the, the, that's essentially what your kind, that's how your kind vote. Right. Yeah. He's been essentially, I mean, that's basically how it's been sent to him. And he's seen, you know, when I was a kid, he was a nice enough kid, but yeah, there's no way I'm going to be your Facebook friend. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no. You know, I don't even know you. I don't remember you. I, I remember you, but I don't know you. And I certainly don't want to associate with you. I, 
you have a Trump flag. You have a you, you have a rebel flag on your thing. You're immediately a racist to me. I don't. I I wouldn't think anything other than racist if I no. see the if I see the no. rebel flag. I don't think anything other than Confederate flag. Immediately, I think racist. I don't think anything else. That's the first thing that pops into my head, and I'm just like, well, I don't need to fucking associate with that. That's ridiculous. I have nothing in common with you. You're a hateful, shitty person. Go away. Speaking of which, though, I want to, you know, speaking of knocking down barriers, let's talk about the siege at the yeah. Capitol. And then let's also talk about the impeachment, because one of the one, you know, when, during that siege of the Capitol, there was and there is a very iconic picture right now of one of those fucking chuds walking around with the the rebel flag. He's got That's it fucking over awful. his shoulder yep. as he's walking down the hall. And uh, 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 there was a uh, this, the congresswoman from, I think her name's Corey Bush. She's from St. Louis, Missouri. And she came out and she said, I vote yes. I want to vote yes for this. And uh, I think other people should. And she said, we need to strike white supremacy from the halls of this place and from, you know, from the United States in general. I mean, I mean I'm paraphrasing. Mm-hmm. And then she essentially says, and I, and I think it starts with removing the white supremacist in chief, Donald Trump. And she got booed by the other side. But I thought, oh my gosh, this lady's a fucking baller. Yep. I would love to have her such an outspoken, awesome person. And she was, she was unequivocal. And, it, and there's no way you can look at those people who marched into that fucking building with their Trump like you pointed out last week that they're they're not for a country, they're for a person. And then you tell you look at the other people who are coming in with their fucking their Confederate flags. There's no way you can look at that and say that's not white supremacy. No, there's right. no way you can't you can't look at it and say anything else. There's nothing else to be said. And they and they've also identified many, many, many white supremacist groups that were part well, of it. Well, it's like it's like the Proud Boys talking about how they're not white supremacists. So they, bullshit. Like your entire like your your iconography, all of the symbols that you choose to carry. I mean, fucking look around at that rally. Look around at that rally. It's all white people. You're carrying a rebel flag. What the fuck do you think that that means? That they, yeah. Cecil, if I, like, you don't get to carry something and then have everybody around you say, well, you know what, that's, that's racist. Then you say, well, I'm going to do it anyway. Because I'm going to be the one that says this is not racist. That's not how symbols work. Symbols in a society are a collective agreement about what the meaning behind a fucking image is, you dumb asshole. And you know it. Yeah. Just, I wish some of these guys, the one thing I will say is like, at least some of these fucking people, they are fucking white supremacists and they own it. And then you know who they They are. These fucking coward white supremacists, get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. It is fucking yeah. maddening. One of the comments I, I heard, and I don't, I don't know where it came from, but I thought it was really striking, was the siege on the Capitol, that that rebel flag, that Confederate flag that, that was carried through the Capitol building, those assholes were able to do something that the entire south of the Civil War was unable to do. Which yeah, is, couldn't do they, it. They could not get a Confederate flag to fly in Washington, D.C. And the failure, the utter failure of the Capitol Police of Trump, of the systems that are supposed to protect, they failed. And that is why a Confederate flag, even for a moment, in 2021, guys, flew in the nation's capital. Holy shit, should we find that grotesque and unacceptable? The one thing that is so puzzling to me, and maybe you can help me figure this out, Tom. The one thing that is super puzzling to me is 
I don't understand how those guys got in the doors in the first place if Dan Crenshaw is in Congress. I, I just doesn't make any sense to me. Maybe he was on a toilet I, or something. He called, well, he might not have been there. Maybe he was voting by proxy, which is what something he's <laughs> called cowardice, by the way. In the past, he said that if you vote by proxy, you're a coward, which he just voted by proxy in the uh, in the impeachment Did process. Did he really? No vote by proxy. Oh. Thank you very much. Anyway, but maybe, the, the you know, there's two options. You know, maybe he was jumping out of a plane to go beat up Antifa people in Georgia at the time, so he missed it. You Wait, know, maybe he just missed it that's there. That's confusing because I thought all the bad Trump supporters were Antifa. <laughs> that, you know, that that's interesting too. That makes... That makes me wonder why he wasn't in the halls just jump kicking people. Right. <laughs> Jumping up a, a climbing up a statue and throwing an elbow on him. Or he's like Sergeant Slaughter. He's like Sergeant Slaughter in G.I. Joe, where he's beating up Serpentor or whatever. <laughs> Serpentor. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Well, it made me laugh though the moment I found that out because I thought. He, there's no way he was in there, but if he was, it would have been hilarious to see him running with the other people after, especially after creating all those cart, those cartoonish videos that he's made of himself looking like such a crazy badass jumping out of a plane and stuff like that. You know, it's just so you could just tell you just, he's, he loves the image. Yep. But if he was in that situation, he would run just like everybody else because you can't take out 6,000 people. You idiot. You're going to run away just like everybody else. Uh, well, I, I, I love that um, the narrative for this shifted for the right too. I, it was very interesting to watch. So initially there was a lot of support and there was a tremendous amount of support on the right for the siege of the Capitol. They're just, I mean, the, the president himself has flip-flopped on this. You know, right? So the yeah. president himself, the day that this happened, he was like, "Ah, oh, we really appreciate you. We love you. Uh, go home now. You're beautiful. But like, you're beautiful. Yeah. Um, and, and then when the political backlash to this, which has been, ex well, it's been exactly what it should be, which is absolutely excoriating. Um, when the political backlash to this actually came down the pipe, then all of a sudden, well, it was, uh, it was Antifa that did it. That video's gone. That video was gone. That one where he said you're beautiful. Oh, is it gone? Was pulled down. Oh. Yeah, no, it got pulled down. He either deleted it or, or Facebook deleted it. I don't know who did it. Or not Facebook, Twitter. Somebody deleted that video though because it was gone after a couple hours. I watched that video and he's doing the, and it's totally him saying, oh, you're beautiful. You're wonderful. Um, don't worry. Uh, go home now. Everybody should go home now, but you're beautiful. And it's, it's a tough day. And you know, they stole the election from us, but you should go home. It was a very mixed message. Right. Video. Yeah, like all of his shit. And then the next one that came out a couple hours later was 100% not him speaking. It was completely written for him. And you could tell because he never once wavered. He didn't say a very, he he was yeah. very focused on, and they had to cut it even. We watched it on the stream, I think yep. last week. They yep. had to cut it even because you could just tell it was a hostage video. I mean, it was 100% a hostage video. <laughs> it was. It was yeah. like, it was like fucking North Korea had him and he's like trying to Absolutely. blink out yeah, in Morse code. Exactly. Like, he's like, that's all. SOS. He was in distress. But that, but that came out. But then it, yeah. it, it, it's interesting because several Republicans came out against this and Dan Crenshaw came out against this on Fox News while it was happening, came out against it and said how horrible it was, et cetera, et cetera. And he was going on and on. But he made a video a couple weeks earlier yep. of him parachuting into fucking 
into fucking Georgia to go beat up Antifa guys, right? You fucking threw gas on the fire before. You threw gas on the fire because you knew it was going to get fucking yokels out to vote. And those votes were fucking close, man. Both of those were were within percentage, like very small percentage points. Mm -hmm. So both of those, there was a reason you were trying to get those people out to vote is because you knew if you lost the Senate, you're fucked. And so you, you used whatever it took. And what it took was this bullshit narrative stop the steal they're they're look at these thugs out there you you sold this to other people and so when they show up on the sixth that's on you too whether you're denouncing it now or not yep. it's on yeah. you too yeah you can't align yourself with that whole story that led up to this and then be like i didn't like the ending yeah this is always the way this was going to end. i know we said this last time but there is there is nothing surprising this is the most Evitable possible fucking yeah. conclusion is this rally of violence. And everybody knew it. Trump even hinted at it, hinted at it. He fucking said so said in it. tweets. He said, said it. it's gonna be big, it's gonna be wild. What does that even yeah. mean? Like why people are gonna stand around and whoop around at each other? What did you think yeah. was gonna happen? It's not gonna be a wet t-shirt contest, right. that's so, for sure. Whip cream a, bikinis. There is a lot of moves there. You could have uh, a good wet wet t-shirt uh, contest there. Uh, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you could have a wet t-shirt contest. I don't know if good would be the adjective to, to describe that fucking horror. Some people might think it's good. Yeah, those people are wrong. <laughs> the, the thing that the thing that I, I just I watched the the happenings of, of the last week and two days, and there's this like jumping of the rats from the ship, right? Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, they all they've they've all like even Mitch McConnell has said privately that you know he would endorse the impeachment that he that he's for the impeachment and it's dis, it, it's it's just a despicable place in the GOP's history because for the last 4 years they were more than happy to ride the coattails yeah. of this extremist galvanizing absolutely, absolutely. individuated force that was Trump right yeah. Trump turned out let, let, let make no mistake about it Trump turned out 75 million voters he, that's the second largest number of voters that has voted in has ever voted. That's it. it it's, it's Biden and then Trump. And nobody yep. else has turned out that many voters. So they were more than happy to say, look, man, this guy has created this massive, albeit dangerous, cult of personality. And nobody else on the Republican Party has anywhere near the kind of draw, the kind of pull, the kind of sway over the 70, so we want it. We want in on it. And they also see that this guy buries everybody that opposes him. So they were more than happy. They were more than happy to support at yep. every turn. Yep, To every support turn. this shit, this complete shit. And then it was only after the riot at the Capitol went badly. It was only after the response to the riot at the Capitol was so overwhelmingly negative and when their personal lives were in danger, it's only then that they're like, okay, wait a minute. We supported this monster exactly one step too far. This only went for these guys. They didn't change their mind on a matter of principle. Not one of no. them. Fuck no. them all. No. Not one of them changed their mind on a matter of principle. This is always, this. what they're seeing now is that the GOP as a party has become toothless and splintered. Yeah. Right? Because Trump is maintaining a stranglehold from a personality standpoint on those people. They, they, they stormed the Capitol chanting, hang Mike Pence. Mike Pence yeah. has been a loyal 
Republican Trump lapdog for four years. Torn him to shreds like the end of Shaun of the Dead. They'd have reached into his body, pulled out his guts, and his four corners would have split (laughs) everywhere. They would have torn him apart, literally, if they would have found him. Yeah, I and and that is a guy who is as Republican as it gets. The thing is that those guys aren't Republicans. Those those Trump supporters, they're not Republicans. They're no. Trumpers, right? Yeah, they're, it's yeah. different. Yeah, and it's I just think, different. I think what the GOP is seeing is, holy shit, this has gone out of control. It's out of our hands. They don't care about us at all. They're not really on our side. Yes, they turn out and vote, and they sometimes vote down ticket, and we reap the down ticket advantage of that, but- Fuck, like we have no control over this fucking rabid dog any longer. And we're afraid that we're going to get bit too because Mike yeah. Pence, hang Mike Pence, that motherfucker said yes every single time. That motherfucker never had a headache. He fucking said yes every time for four years. He and carried be- Trump's balls for yep. four years, man. Yep. Polished and those he is up an enemy, day. man. polished him whenever he wanted. And I, you know, when, when Mitch McConnell came out and said that he's willing to do this, I know you and I are on very different wavelengths, right? I, you know, I, I'm a very cynical guy. When I see somebody do something, I always think, what's your ulterior motive? What are you, what are you doing here (laughs) that makes you think that makes me think that you're, you know, you're not just doing this because you think it's the right thing. Like you just said, there's no way Mitch McConnell thinks that this is the right thing to do. He's doing it because he he knows that there's political gain in it. And whether that political gain is he loses Trump forever because he's able to vote him out of federal office forever with Mm -hmm. this and not have to deal with him ever again, which would be a blessing. The other thing I think that he's doing, and I think the reason why he let it, you know, quote unquote, leak from his office, that he is letting uh, uh, Pence or letting he's letting this impeachment thing come to him and then they're going to have this trial is because the first hundred days in Biden's administration and the first hundred days in any administration is when everybody tries to get the wheel spinning as fast as they can so they can let the rubber hit the road and get moving. And that first hundred days is when all the political will is there to do all the things that they say. And so that's why when people write their first hundred days out, they know that they have these very specific plans because they want to try to use as much political as capital as fast as they can before people start to tire of them. And so what I think Mitch McConnell is doing smart, which I mean, it's a smart thing to do is to let this come in. And it does a couple things. One, it takes Biden away from his message, which is unify his whole message from the very beginning when he started running again, when he finally won the primary was let's unify the country. Let's unify the country. It's a unification sort of uh, sort of presidency that he wants to run. He wants to he wants to bring people together, and so uh, this takes away from that. This this one hundred percent flies in the face, and they'll use this in a couple of years, and they'll just be, what do you mean unify? You fucking tried Trump in your first five days in office. That's ridiculous. But the other thing they're going to try to do because they're already talking about splitting days between his appointments and the right. impeachment trial. Right. They're going to slow down his appointments, which again, gums up the muck. It gums up the wheels. So it slows him down. He doesn't hit the ground running. They want to slow him down. Mitch McConnell has in some ways, he's still got his hand on the brake, even though he's not going to be in charge in a couple of weeks. Fucking, he's a devious motherfucker. I will like, say, I think that's what devious. he's doing. That's why I think he's doing. I, I don't actually, that didn't even occur to me. And I don't disagree with you. And I think, I think too, psychologically if they can if they can turn the first two years of the Biden presidency into a 
um, hangover of the Trump presidency into constantly being still a reaction to Trump, yeah. then they can, they can stall all the progress that Biden might make and they can turn Biden as a legitimate president into the post-Trump president, right? It, it changes the whole brand of the whole thing. And they yeah. only need to do that for two years because in two years, there's the midterms. Yeah. And if they can frame the midterms as, you know, and they can still keep Trump narratively involved and Biden not as Biden, but Biden as an opposing force to Trump, then anything that opposes Trump, 75 million people have already come out and said, we will fight against that. Yeah. So they can continue, I think, to gain access to some, and probably not all, but some of the galvanizing influence of Trump. It's it's devious as fuck, man. Yeah. It's devious as fuck. And I, I really kind of hoped that we would go through a censure rather than the impeachment. Because thought, that could just I was be done. Pence would just do it. I was. Oh, I never Pence thought that was, was just going to happen. I didn't think so either. But I had hope. You know, yeah, I, mean, I, I was yeah. hoping for it because it's the easiest, the quickest way to do it. And you know, I will say, I don't know that I didn't think it was going to happen because the first couple of hours after everything was going down, I wasn't quite so sure. There was, there was, especially after he gave that really weird statement, it felt to me like. What the fuck is happening? That's not Trump. Trump doesn't talk like that. What is yeah, happening? Right. So I I don't know that I never thought it, but after a day or so and it and it cooled its heels. And you know, the, the thing that makes me nuts about that, Tom, is that fucking Pelosi gave him a whole weekend. What the fuck do you need I, a fucking weekend for to figure out if you're going to do that? I know what I'm going to order off the fucking Starbucks menu in three minutes. I don't need more than that to figure out if I should replace Trump or not, right? I don't need that. Either I'm going to do it or I'm not. They're, you don't give the guy an entire fucking weekend to stall and wait. They should have given him 15 minutes. Should have called him on the phone and said, guess what? I'm going to give you 15 minutes. Either you do it or not. I'm running impeachment stuff right now. And not send people home for the weekend. Be like, no, we're doing this right now. Fuck yeah. that. Yeah, that's I, what should have happened. Couldn't possibly agree with that more. It, it's that was the time to strike. The iron was never going to be hotter yeah. than in those moments. And it, those people in those moments were they were finally afraid personally. And the thing I thought about with this Cecil is, like for for the first time, these lawmakers, maybe not all of them for the first time, but for many of them for the first time, they were feeling the fear that so many people of color, so many immigrants, so many other people live yeah. with the fucking fear right. that is generated by the Trump presidency every day. Yeah. Every day, the Trump yeah. presidency's policies and his, his actions and just the stirring of the shit and the creation of this national division between the haves and the have-nots and the whites and the people of color, that shit that has been absolutely stirred and stirred and stirred for four years— People, have, they've been scared the whole time. Yeah. And I thought like, good, now you're scared, motherfucker. Now you're there. Now you're cowering. Now you're and wondering if the react. fucking mob of MAGA idiots is going to storm your fucking house and kick the shit out of you, right? Yeah. Because there's people that have been living with that shit for four fucking years. And I thought, holy shit, maybe there'll be an empathetic moment. Maybe they'll be like, holy God, these, these fuckers are out of control. And it only swayed 10 it only swayed 10 fucking Republicans in the House. There's 435 people in the House. It only swayed 10 Republicans. What the fucking what? I, it's not going to sway anybody else in the 
other, I don't think it's going to, you know, it might sway one or two people. And maybe you might even see Mitch McConnell vote for it, right? Maybe Mitch McConnell votes for it. And that changes things if Mitch McConnell votes for it. Um, you know, they, they, they say that impeachment here is probably the best, the best course of action, because if you do, then you take away all the benefits he gets post office. Uh, you know, the, the, when he leaves office, he gets a ton of stuff, uh, secret service detail, money, uh, you know, all kinds of other things a travel budget, things like that. You take all that away from him if, if you impeach him and you actually remove him from office. There's also a possibility, I think it's a different amendment or something that will allow them to make sure that he never holds federal office again, where they can basically bar him from federal office. And I don't know if that's part of the impeachment or it's another law that they would, another thing that they would have to pass, but maybe that might gain some traction. And I think that would be very appealing to a lot of people on the Republican side of the fence. Uh, but, uh, and I, and, and, you know, him not having his communication structure is one of the big things I think that really changes the game when it comes to Trump, because Trump has always had this, this megaphone that is outside of the presidency that he can reach so many people. And now he's yeah. off Twitter, he's off Facebook, he's off all the social media. And so now it's, it's a, it's an, and they took down parlor. There's so many different things that are happening that are hamstringing him right now that could really change how they treat him. Yeah, well, they, they they took him off of Pinterest too, so he can't. Oh yeah, you know so he, he can't, can't put his lemon things. cake recipes up put, or whatever. He can't pin <laughs> shit. Yeah. That bitch got taken off of Shopify. He's <laughs> fucking <laughs> off of everything. Yeah, Shopify up. I I love yeah. I love how fast everybody has abandoned that motherfucker. Too little, too late. By the way, yeah. Too little, too fucking late. You know, it. it I I was thinking about this throughout the course of the last week that. Um, and I don't want to get too far into this because I know it's a pet issue of mine, but I was wondering if finally we will begin to see some sense of responsibility from these platforms around the content that exists yeah. on these fucking platforms. It's been something that's irked me for years, and I think that we're finally maybe coming to a reckoning point where, holy shit, we could end up with an insurrection. We could end up with a civil fucking war. We could end up with these yeah. in, in, in a non-abstract way in a very tangible real way and there's been there's been calls for these platforms to accept responsibility at least to some degree for the content that exists on them and finally it took this yeah. right it took thousands of people storming the fucking castle with their fucking weird horns and their fucking crazy fucking flag costumes yeah. and beating the shit out of people and attacking cops while chanting USA and hanging like erecting a fucking gallows in the crowd. It took yeah. that, but it happened. And to your point, like his megaphone is gone. Fucking good. Yeah. Fucking good. Because his ability to act, you know, it's like we talked about earlier. Like it, what matters are how many barriers are in place. You never get, you're never going to make everything perfect, but the, the more you narrow the funnel, the less shit that goes through it. So creating barriers to people receiving this message is important because most people are fucking lazy. Unlike lawmakers, most people's job isn't to get the news. Most right. people's job, they're going to they're going to get things fairly passively. There's going to be a group of people who are very energized and active and they're going to go on Telegram or Telegraph whatever it is and Signal and they're going to go to different places because that's the fucking that's essentially their fucking evil hobby. And they're going to do that work. But there's a huge number of people who get their information passively. They get it through Facebook. They get it through Twitter. If it's not easy, they're not going to do it. It's passive. 
So they click here, they click there, whatever is easy. It's on an app. I'm sitting in the fucking parking lot waiting for my kid to finish a soccer game and I'm dicking around on my phone and that's how they get their information. That's most people. That's most of how America, I think, gathers information. So taking him off of those platforms and making it more difficult for him to message that shit out, I do think that has a real value. I'm yeah. really fucking glad that was done. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's going away, but I think it's good. Yeah, it's a lot like Alex Jones. Once you once Alex Jones left YouTube, you have to go find him. You got to go right. to alexjones.com or whatever. And people weren't going to do that. If it, if it came in my feed, I'd watch it, but it didn't come in my feed. And so I forgot about it. Yep, exactly. Exactly. So he, that, that bitch got kicked off of everything. He yeah. got just fucking kicked. And then, and then excitingly, Deutsche Bank was like, cool, cool, cool. Guess what? We're never doing business with you. Yeah, so many and, different places. Yep. The, the PGA is like, cool, we're canceling our contract to have golfing at your at your golf resorts, which is a huge deal. It's going to cost millions. It's going to cost yeah. him millions of dollars. Um, there was another major bank that is pulling their association with him, with Trump recently. His brand is going to crumble around him. New York City. New York City pulled all their contracts with the Trump organization. Yeah. And he's a fucking New York-based brand. Yeah. That's where his brand was based out of. Yeah. So I do think that the GOP is recognizing the toxicity. And you've got to, right? Because all of a sudden, all those guys that were faithful fucking lapdogs are now on the outs. Mike yeah. Pence, they all hate him all of a sudden. Overnight, overnight, they fucking hate that guy. Mitch McConnell fucking could not have done more work. Yeah, he's a in deep state operative now. Now he's a deep, like the deep state is fucking everybody but Newsmax. Yeah, yeah. He said, and that, and that's so true. The, that, that crowd was always going to be fickle to anybody. It was, yep. they were always Trump's dog, right? Yep. They were never anybody else's dog. They might've tolerated you in the room, but they were never your dog. They yep. were always Trump's dog. Yep. And so, and that's, and that's how they're treating everybody right now. And, you know, I, I know that there are, there's gotta be some out there and I don't know where you were for the last four years, but there's gotta be some out there, principled Republicans I've never ran into one, but I presume they exist. <laughs> Suddenly, I feel like I'm talking about Sasquatch, right? I feel, I know, like, right? I, I feel like I'm like, is there? I don't like know. Like the don't mythical, know yeah. Yeah, but but at least, at maybe not principled, but at least people who genuinely have a stomach churn when they see a Confederate flag walk across the Capitol. I know there's Republicans out there that don't like that. I know for sure that's that there are Republicans out there who are pissed off that somebody did that, and that may shoot them away from Trump. They probably voted for Trump because it was the guy who they thought was, you know, going to be able to beat Joe Biden and socialism or whatever. And Joe Biden, <laughs> socialism. Joe, but trust me, Joe Biden is as far away from socialism as Trump is from socialism. Everybody <laughs> just wanted oh, to shit. point that out. But, but you know, the the fact is, is like, I think that there there is going to be some people out there that pull away. So Trump's brand not only got damaged by this in the sense that all those people pulled away. Uh, from him monetarily and all these social media platforms pulled away from him to not allow him his megaphone. But I do think that his, you know, he's not going to get a 75 million vote in anymore. That's not right. going to happen. That's no. not going to happen. And there's a, and there's a reason for the other, the opposite side, you know, the Democrats at this point to push and keep pushing for this because they want to make sure that this never goes away, that there's always a, a, a like a red letter I on him, you know, that's yeah. insurrection. They always want to make sure that that's on him, whether he, he runs for office in the future or not. Yeah. I, I think the, this is a defining, a potentially defining political shift 
in America, right? So, um, because how, if, if you're somebody who supported the, steal, the stop the steal narrative and, you know, it came time to vote and you didn't vote against impeaching Trump and you have this record now, forever, yeah. you have this yeah. record now of supporting Trump. And as time goes by, Trump's, Trump's star, as his megaphone fades, his star will fade. That's just that's just the psychology of it, right? And people will, you know, we'll have trials and we'll hold these people. And as time is going by, we're finding out just how violent, to the point of the be beginning of the show, the top of the show, we're, we're finding out exactly how violent their intentions were. And they yeah. were incredibly violent. And the public is overwhelmingly opposed to what happened last week. We're just, we're going to be at a place, and I can't wait to be there. We're going to be at a place where um, any association is going to be a toxic association, a politically toxic association. A great place and to be. I would love to be running against somebody. Can you, can you imagine standing oh, on, yeah. on a stage and being like, yeah, I'm going to oppose Joe What the Fuck because Joe What the Fuck supported the, the rioters. He yeah. supported the insurrection. He's an insurrectionist. How, who wouldn't love to have that as their That's guy such a, to point at? Such great soundbite. You could just use it forever. Literally yep. use it forever. Uh, you know, and they're also finding out too today what broke today, which is something we didn't really, we weren't, we weren't going to cover last night, was that Nancy Pelosi came out today and said, we are investigating possibilities that Congress people helped in some way. Uh, and if there is, if they are found out and if it is, if it comes to light that they did actually help, there's going to be serious consequences outside of the Senate, outside of Congress. They're not going to, it's not that Congress is going to, I mean, this is, this is laws are going to, you know, this is the, the actual justice system is going to come after them. And so she gave a speech today in specific talking about that. And, you know, I, I, that's something that I would have never guessed last week. It would have happened. Never would have guessed. But now they're saying that some of them got tours. They got a tour the day before. There's been, you know, some people saying that, you know, that woman who was tweeting out their location, that's, you know, because they're basically, the, there was a there was a woman from Colorado, one of the, one of the uh, people who, uh, you know, was voting against the certification, who's 100% behind Trump, was tweeting out their location. Now we've just left the main room. Now we're here. Now we're there. Oh, shit. Yeah, so she was tweeting out their location to everybody. And the people are saying, you, you know, that's, you were basically in league. What, you know, whether you- whether, That's providing intelligence to the enemy. The thing is, is, if you're too stupid to know that, then you're, then you're too stupid to be in Congress or you intentionally did it. Either way, you should be out, period. Yeah, I, yeah what is the counter argument to that? Like, oh, yeah. oh, I just, I wanted to make sure that I let everybody know I was exactly where I was when yeah. the people were looking for us to fucking hang us. Yeah. To drag us. I mean, they, what the fuck? There is no, yeah, even no the claim argument. of stupidity yeah. is spurious, right? Yeah, well, I, it, I would have a yeah. hard time believing anybody. If I'll tell you what, Cecil, if you're that stupid, you're that stupid at the same time that you are so spectacularly narcissistic that you can't for a moment not be fucking t live tweeting your life. Yeah. Right. Like, right. Uh, how, like it means you're stupid and you're just fucking awful. Like yeah. you're just an awful <laughs> fucking you're, lousy, yeah. shitty fucking person. You're stupid and you're a bore. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. <laughs> Holy fuck. You know, fucking micro blog every second of your life. Uh, fucking snooze to uh, you. What on earth is wrong with you, Dr. Asquith? This is supposed to be a bawdy 1970s hospital. Please stick to using innuendo. 
I'm sorry, sir, but to be honest, I've never really understood the difference between double entendres and the stuff I say. Let me try to explain. If I say, would you like to grasp my rod, that's innuendo. Would you like to wank off my cock? That's not. You see what I mean? Not really. So shifting, this is a story from the BBC, and, and it's interesting how a story like this, a week can be so insane that a story like this can get kind of buried. Um, because this is a fucking really big story. It's from the BBC. Irish government to apologize over mother and baby homes. And so what this refers to, um, in Ireland in the 19th and 20th centuries, the Irish uh, government and, and the uh, Catholic Church worked hand-in-hand hand to establish homes for unwed mothers, um, pregnant women and women who had given birth, and for their offspring. Um, and these were horrible, yeah. horrible, deplorable, disgusting places uh, to live. The conditions were absolutely extreme. We're talking about enormous numbers of people, and they were shuttered away in these um, in these homes because they were a source of national embarrassment driven by the religious moralizing of the Catholic Church. So these poor women who didn't do fucking anything wrong, they're just fucking people in the world who had sex, just like fucking everybody in the world. So they're just people in the world that had sex that ended up finding themselves pregnant. By the way, living in a country where birth control is very difficult, right? Especially in the 19th century, but even in many, many times in Ireland during the 20th century. So living in a, in a place where birth control is difficult or impossible to get a hold of, and then they find themselves pregnant because that is just a natural consequence of sex for women. So they find themselves pregnant. 57,000, I'm sorry, 56,000 women and 57,000 children at some point are in, in the care and that's really how it should have been in the care of the Catholic Church um, in these unwed mother homes. 9,000 of these children would end up dying in these homes from horrible like malnutrition, disease, abuse, neglect. It, terrible, terrible conditions, Cecil. Yeah, and, and when you think about one in six children dying in these homes, right? 9,000 children died and... There's you know, 57,000 of them. One in six children. Go to go to your Yahtzee game and pull one of the dice out and roll it. And if you got a one, you're dead. You know, yeah. hand that around the room. Anybody who got a one is dead. I mean, that's that's your chances of dying. That's a horrible, horrible thing. And then to sort of use this, you know, we talk about the Catholic Church. We talk about how horrible it is all the time. We talk about how, how, sh how shitty it is and how we cannot believe that they're still around. And, you know, this is yet another moment where we look to a government and a church and we say, how the fuck is it possible that you have, since your inception, lied to everyone in some way to say, I'm here to help. You're right. never here to help. No. Nope. You, you know, and, and you know, I, I take that back. You know, maybe you are here to help. But the thing is, is that we always seem to give you the benefit of the doubt that you are moral. We always give you the benefit of the doubt that you are here to help. But we are seeing more and more from people who are being diddled. This, you know, they're digging up, you know, mass graves of children at these places. You're finding more and more that they're, that they are 
They, they were put in a position's authority and committed absolute acts of evil. The place that you're supposed to be looking to as the benevolent place where their their uh their the morality should be the highest because they're they're essentially distilling it from the god. Right. And they are and they are literally doing some of the most evil shit you could possibly imagine. It's so abhorrent. And it's and and this is just this is just what we know, right? It's just what you know. And it's just one country. Where else did stuff like this happen? Yeah, that's true, man. I didn't even think about that. And I, 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 you read through some of the statements. I got to, I got to read a couple of statements from this because the um, one of the groups that's apologizing is a group called the Sisters of the Sacred Hearts of Jesus and Mary. That's one of the groups that ran some of these homes. And this fucking statement makes me so angry to read. The, the, the spokesperson says, we especially want to recognize and accept today that so many women who were shunned and shamed by society did not find the support and level of care they needed and deserved at such a dreadful and painful time in their lives. You assholes, you're the ones who created the shame. Yeah, yeah. Religious fucking prudishness fueled that shame. You created the dreadful and painful time in their life. Like they created the problem and then refused to solve it and made it worse with their solution. And then they're going to come back now and say, you know, during this really hard time when society was shaming you, we didn't do a good job taking you in. Asshole, you're the religious majority group of that society. You created the shame. Yeah. You're literally yeah. the problem. And then you're not, you're trying to pretend that you were the solution to the problem. The problem wouldn't fucking exist without you. There is yeah. no shame around being an unwed mother without religious moralizing. There's yeah. none of it. None. None. You created that shit. And there's and there's still, even in their fucking apology, I think it's a fucking disingenuous bullshit apology because it pretends that there is something called society which lives outside the moors of the religious institution, which is the dominant religious institution in that society. And in Ireland, it's not a little dominant. It's yeah. massively dominant. Fuck yeah. you with that shit. Yeah, so then, it made me so crazy when I read that because it's just still, it still refuses to recognize the real responsibility. The real responsibility is you motherfuckers made these people shamed in the first place. You built the wrong society. You built a cruel and unjust and uncaring society just for women, yeah. just for women. They don't have a fucking home for dudes who got chicks pregnant. Nope. Where's that nope. home? Those dudes are just out fucking other chicks. Yeah, you're not digging up mass graves of dudes who banged chicks and got them pregnant. That's not a thing you're doing. You're not right. finding those bodies. You're finding the bodies that were neglected. And, you know, this is this is just, it's just so rooted in misogyny. The whole church itself is rooted in misogyny. And then this whole thing is rooted in misogyny. And then, you know, you look at just Ireland today. And how hard it is to get an abortion, how difficult they they how difficult they treat people. If they just, you know, if you just tone that down, you just tone that down a little, stop with the shaming of 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 unwed women being being pregnant, and then you 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 expand your abortion laws and you don't have anything that is as misogynist as it was. You're still under the old, you I mean you're still that country is still operating in a in a way that is a, a nod to the past and it needs to stop doing that. Yeah, in, in Ireland, up until 1985, there was no contraception legally available in Ireland and the Irish government in 1985 
defied the Catholic Church. Yeah. It was always the Catholic Church. And they're they're pretending that they're, oh, we'll take you in, we'll take you in, because society is on. You're the reason. You're yeah. literally the only reason for this fucking problem. And then what do they do? They do the same bullshit. Oh, sorry. Oh, oh forgiveness. Sorry. Yeah. This yeah. fucking sorry story. I can't think of any other organization that gets to say they're sorry as often yeah. as the fucking Catholic, as often as any church, but specifically the Catholic church. They oh, are sorry there. Oh, yeah. geez. I know there's 796 babies buried in my fucking backyard, but sorry. Yep. Wrong. Wrong. Yep. Okay. You know yep. what I'll do? I won't have, I won't do that again. Yeah. What other organization gets to continue? I promise. I promise. And what I'll do is I will put it under, the, I will sweep it under the rug so no one knows any of these babies in a hundred years. Yeah, that's nobody, true. Nobody around yep. is going to know shit about these. But nobody's going to be related to them. Nobody's going to, you know, there's not going to have a great aunt somewhere or whatever right. that's still alive. They're all fucking, all the people that were related to them. It's now great, great, great aunt, uh, auntie, whatever the fuck. And yep. so now it's, now it's not anybody. It's not anybody that's related to you or that you would know. So that's what you did is you swept it under the rug. So just like the priest, just like what you do with the priest when you fucking, when you shuffle that deck and who knows what's going to come up next? Who knows where you're going to go? You could go to Puerto Rico. Round go and to, round to, she yeah. goes. Go to Where Columbia. he diddles, nobody knows. Yeah. You go to Brazil. You go all kinds of places, it turns out, to go diddle kids. But we don't know where you went. And we're certainly not going to tell them about it. And the same thing here. This is just another cover-up. And now it's getting exposed. And that's when I'm sorry. They yeah. were, you know, they're, they're not, it's not that they got exposed 50 years earlier by a bunch of priests who came forward and said, holy shit, I was planting a garden and they just found this. Wow. <laughs> uh, real sorry about that. Sorry about that. Whoops. No, yeah, it wasn't it, like that at all. And the thing too, that's a great point, Cecil, because you know, the Catholic Church always knew they did this. Yeah. So right. it's not like it came yeah. to light for the Catholics and they're like, whoa, I didn't notice that I had yeah. literally dozens of these. Uh, fuck you. Yeah, you always knew. They literally buried the evidence. Right. It, take, it took a third party investigation to investigate the church. They never come clean. They, no. they, the Catholic Church never says, hey, you know, upon moral reflection, here's some shit that, you know, a generation ago we shouldn't have done. They've never done it yet. They yeah. have, they always have to get caught first. They yep. always have to get caught. You're not moral if you only apologize when you've been caught. Yep. If the only time you're sorry is when you got caught, you're never, you were never really sorry and you're lying when you say it. Yep. I, yep. I absolutely do not believe any person or institution who is only sorry when they got caught. You don't care. What you're saying is, I'm sorry I got caught. There's nothing else that you are saying in that moment. You're just sorry that there's repercussions. If you could have gotten away with it, you would have, because the whole time you knew this existed and you were trying to get away with it. That's yep, how I yep. know that. Yep. That's what getting away with things means. It means you don't want to accept the responsibility and you yeah. were never sorry. Not yeah. once. And they never wanted to accept the responsibility. And they and they put people, horrible people in charge of, of a bunch of people. And they literally didn't care who died. They would no. watch them die. They would watch them die sadistically. I mean, you can't you can't look at it any other way. There's no way you could think that they yeah. somehow weren't Ugh. sadistic about it. They were sadistic about it. They wanted to see these people die. Yeah. To start the peeling process, X marks the spot. Make a shallow X on the bottom of each peach to allow for expansion while cooking. Bring a large pot of water to boil and lower in three or four peaches at a time for 30 to 60 seconds. Quickly move the peaches to a cold bath of ice water. 
Let them soak until they're cool enough to handle. Use your fingers or a paring knife to carefully peel the skin off each peach. Slice it in half around the pit and twist to open. Then cut out that pesky pit. If you like, cut the peaches into slices so they're super easy to use in recipes later. Arrange your peaches in a single layer on a freezer-ready tray. Cover with plastic and take to the freezer to chill out. After freezing overnight, you can transfer the peaches to a freezer container. When you're ready to enjoy them, thaw your peach slices and eat them with yogurt and granola, in peach desserts, and in other peachy keen treats. So this story comes from the New York Times. Millions flock to Telegram and Signal as fears grow over big tech. So we touched on this before. Uh, Trump and, and many of Trump's supporters, but specifically like the craziest supporters. So I think Facebook purged or Twitter purged a bunch of fucking Q idiots. Yeah. So, um, you know, 55,000 or something. I thought I read it was a, it was a good sum, but the best part about this, Tom, was that the day after you got a chance to see all those people who they were following. Cause every single conservative pundit was saying, wow, I lost 50,000 followers. over yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's, it's like, if, if we just lost all the listeners to our show, I'd yeah. be like, our listeners were awful. Yeah. I feel depressed about that. I should stop doing this. <laughs> Could right? you imagine? Could you, you imagine? Yeah. Fuck. Holy shit. Yeah. So, so this is this is pretty interesting. So, you know, as we mentioned, Trump's got kicked off of these places, and then you know, Parler is shut down, so Parler can't do business because Google took them off the App Store, and uh, Apple took them off their App Store, and Amazon took them out of their web hosting. So they just they've and every nobody will work with them anymore. They can't find another hosting service. So Parler's fucking donezo. Um, and a whole bunch of people are donezo. So, you know, one thing I really want to quick aside, I love, I love, I love all the people that for so many years have told millennials like, oh, those pictures you're posting of yourself, like partying and drinking, it's going to make it harder for you to find a job. And then these fucking idiots are live streaming their yep. breaking of the live yep. streaming their fucking insurrection. And they're posting fucking like vanity pics of themselves in the middle of a riot, like I'm yeah. breaking the law. And then they wonder why there's consequences. Your dumb asses got fired. Your dumb asses got kicked off of your social media <laughs> platforms. Your dumb asses yeah. are going to end up getting arrested. And they're just, yeah. they all seem so surprised. Yeah, They all yeah. seem shocked. Whoa, how'd they find me? I don't know, how Sherlock. Could this <laughs> maybe the fucking pictures you took and posted on your fucking public blog. That's what social media is. It's just yeah. your public blog, you stupid asshole. I blogged about myself robbing a bank and then they called well, me a bank robber. <laughs> what? The worst, the worst part about this though is that while it's great that they are sweeping the room in these places, too little too late, by the way. Let's yep. just point that out. Let's, let's be real honest and say the fact that they're getting pulled off now after this, you know, guys, you could have made sure that this never happened if you would have pulled them off years ago, yep. but instead you just let this happen. And so now people are dead because of you. And it's literally because they were able to communicate through your, through your platforms. There's no other reason why, you know, the stop the steal shit was on your fucking platform. Uh, fuck off. You know what I mean? Like, yep. yeah, I don't know. I don't know who you're going to try to fool with that bullshit, but they essentially pulled all these people off. But is this scary time now? Because at least before you could easily find out where they were going and right. now it's a little harder because now there's these Telegram and Signal, which are 
uh, encrypted messages and it's, it's harder to be sort of invited into these groups and there's private conversations that you can't be privy to and they're just harder for the FBI and for other people to monitor their stuff. Not that I'm fond of the FBI monitoring people, but to be honest, when people are dangerous, I want to make sure that somebody's, somebody's paying attention to them and that makes it a lot harder for somebody to pay attention to them. It does. This is, this is I mean, this is a uh, knife cuts both ways moment. And what's going to be interesting to see how the technology continues and the use of the technology for these fucking domestic terrorists continues to evolve. Um, you know, I, I, I still do think that overall, the reduction and limiting effect of, of just kind of taking people out of it, making it less easy to be a terrorist it, yeah, is harder. generally just good. making it harder. Yeah, just yeah. making it harder. But it is scary that these that there's now a lot less visibility. That visibilities are end to end encrypted groups and sites. That the visibility into this is so much less. Yeah. Um, and 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 don't get me wrong. Telegram and Signal have been used for years by all kinds of different organizations who, for whatever reason, need to have that level of privacy around their groups and their conversations. But um, it does worry me that driving them into more sophisticated platforms will make it significantly more difficult for uh, monitoring by law enforcement. And it's and, it's really nerve-wracking, man. And one good thing, though, that uh, I, I did hear on a, on a podcast, they were talking to a woman who's been monitoring them for years. She's been monitoring them not just on, on, on Twitter and on Facebook, but then also started monitoring them for that sort of brief flash in the pan that was Parler, and then now is still monitoring them on these you know, this Telegram and Signal applications and uh, paying attention to what they do. And while they were on the bigger platforms, she had said that there was very much a cohesive plan on how they were going to do things because a lot of the messaging came top down from Trump. Trump would say, show up on the 6th, it's going to be wild, and they would. And yeah. so now there's not somebody there who can step into that role, right? There's not a leader who they all sort of agree is the leader. And so there's not anybody who's willing to say, no, guys, we're all going to the with our guns to the Capitol on the 18th. Instead, they just there's not a you know, they're, they're all asking questions. They don't know where to go. And at one point, one guy sort of exasperatedly types in, guys, just tell me where to be and I'll be there. But right. nobody's willing to pull the trigger. And also these groups are now disparate. They're not able to be connected as closely or as easily as they were before. And so now there's a difficulty in even communication there. So maybe there is a silver lining in both the uh, the ubiquity of it and it, it, it just having a harder time accessing it and it also sort of fragmenting them. Maybe it's not going to be as bad, but I will say this, do not take your eyes off this. Uh, I think that we are going to see another, uh, you know, Oklahoma city bottoming, something like that coming out of this out of this Trump mess. I don't think this is over and I don't think the deaths are over. And I do think there will be some sort of massive damage thing that will probably happen because of this. Maybe not right away, but it certainly, I think, will foment enough to to finally explode. And, you know, that there's a lot of easy ways in this country. We make it easy to get a hold of gunpowder and all kinds of other things uh, to hurt people. So... Man, I got, I, I got a couple of questions. for. Do you think... Do you think that end-to-end -end encrypted platforms that are free and available on a social network, do you think that's too powerful? 
for people to just, for just anybody to just have for free that, 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 cause that's, that strikes me as like, it does that match our social values. Do we, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this and I was thinking about, well, you know, my house is private, right? My house is private. My, I could go somewhere and meet somebody for private, a private conversation in a park or something like that. And so how is it different? And I started thinking about it and I, and I, and, and what I came up with was if somebody, somebody could at least see who's in my house, somebody could at least see, you know, somebody yeah. meeting someone in the park. There's, there's a way to know that I am doing something. So there is a way to monitor me. We were never really truly unmonitorable in this country, especially now with, you know, the ubiquity of, of security cameras and your cell phone data and all that stuff. You're never really truly unmonitored. You're, people know where you're at pretty much all the time. And so, uh, so we're not really ever unmonitored. Um, so I don't know, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, it's, it's, it's something that it feels like what it should happen is, is there shouldn't be, there should be some way that you have to register that isn't just an email or something. You know yeah. what I mean? But that also then may take a vulnerable party out there, someone who's being abused, let's say. And if you sort of vet those people and then the wrong person gets a hold of that information, if some hacker goes in and finds, you know, all the users of this signal and then they post whoever is using it somewhere and, you know, it could damage, you know what I mean? There's a damaging process there too. So yeah. if you do let someone know, then there's a possibility that could come back to you if someone ever breaks in there and, and steals that data. And so there's a, it's a tough, it's a tough line to walk. I want to make sure that somebody who's being abused has a fucking, an end-to-end encrypted thing that they can communicate with somebody. I 100% want that. Like I, I 100% want that for somebody. But I, I don't know what the damage is if the if the, you know we suddenly allow people to have access to something that is that the technology allows for people to be very nefarious with. You know, like your point about gathering in the house, like I, I just thought like, you know, if I go to your house, nobody notices. But if 150 people go to your house every day, right, you'll get some attention. It's sort of it's sort of the 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 aggregating effect. And I wonder if these sort of technologies like, I believe very strongly in a right to privacy. That's actually a really important right to me. The right to privacy is a really, really important right to me. But I do wonder if like other rights, there are not reasonable limits to it. You know, we have a right to, to guns, but that's rifles, not bazookas. Right. And I wonder if things like, you know, because a, a company like Signal, they do not have access. That's what end-to-end -end encryption means. It means the company does not have access to the information that's being transmitted on their own platform. Yeah. It's only the sender and the receiver, which means that they can't put any filters in place to make sure that, you know, there's not there's not terrorism and child pornography and all kinds of other shit being transmitted back and forth in this channel. And that strikes me as as sort of that scaling problem of the right to privacy that maybe the technology here is a bazooka and not a rifle. And there yeah. should be some some third party who has a technological access to what goes on so that there can be some accountability and visibility. But I, I don't I don't know that that's what I think. It just strikes me as an important yeah, I don't know where next I stand on conversation. Either, right. You yeah, know, I don't know where I stand on it either. Um, and I don't think I fall either side. I think that there's significant problems. I think that yeah. there, it's gonna it's gonna cause significant problems and smart people are gonna have to sit down and figure out the best way to move forward 
in a world where this is more common. And, uh, and you know, two dopey podcasters who don't have degrees in this. <laughs> right. Not gonna, we're not going to figure gonna it out. We're not going to solve this. We're not going to figure it out. But I do think it's an interesting question. And I do think that there is, that there should be more questions like that asked to try to figure out what the right thing is. Because there are plenty of smart people out there who could figure it out. Um, I don't think it's an unsolvable question, but it definitely will, no matter what, it's going to infringe on somebody's rights. The answer mm -hmm. will infringe on someone's rights. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It, I, I agree. It's not unsolvable. It's just, it's one of those things, Cecil, where I feel like we're in the throes, the, like the, the, the grow, the growing pains, right? Growing like, pains. Yeah. It's the growing yeah. pains of technology. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's, and, and it's, it's dangerous because we haven't figured out how to use it, you know? So we want to thank our patrons. Of course, we want to thank all our patrons. We want to thank our newest patrons, Tim, Julie, Happy Tyler, Emma, Rib Clone. Oh, Rib Clone is great. <laughs> Rib Clone. I just <laughs> get it clone. now. Rib Clone is great. London, Leon, Crystal of Truth, Kelsey, Gremlin 6, Brendan, Christian, and Emily. And thank you so much to all the people who up their pledges. Chicken wings for Tom. Oh, come on. I don't get any chicken yeah, wings. Wait, I'll share. Karen. It's all right. Take It EV Podcast, Rob. And Rufflebutt, Sarah, thank you so much for your generous donations. We really do truly appreciate it. This last week, we did a tip jar for Ian on the live streams. Live streams are great. Come join us. Uh, we we did a super chat tip jar for Ian. Uh, he's going to get all the money that came in. So we want to thank you guys for showing up to that. And show up to all our live streams. Live streams happen on uh, on Thursday night at 9 p.m. Central. Uh, we have a great time and uh, it's always a good, it's always a hoot. But check out this last one. A lot of fun. Uh, Ian joined us for the whole thing and we raided cities and eggs. So that's, <laughs> that's all you need to know. That's what Ian that's wanted. All, that's all you need to know, guys. It's like you get the cake you want for your birthday. You know, yeah, it was exactly. Ian's tip jar and, and yep. he wanted to rate Ian, eggs. He has very strong feelings, guys. Very strong feelings. Very about strong eggs. feelings about eggs. He was pushing us around. He definitely He really wouldn't. did. He threw yeah, his weight around. He threw his weight around. His very, very slight amount of weight. His insubstantial <laughs> <laughs> hipster weight. <laughs> so we got a message from uh, Travis. And Travis says, you know, we we heard the Georgia phone call, but we didn't hear any of the phone calls to the other states, but you know they occurred. <laughs> It's so true, man. You I, don't, don't I don't think you're wrong, man. You don't know. I, I, I know that he called a ton of people. He called a ton of people. And, uh, and they were saying that he called a ton of people and we may hear those calls eventually, you know, yep. you might not hear them now, but you definitely might hear them eventually. Um, we got a message from Seth and Seth said this, this fucking headline is baller and it's so good. Vice news. The cat, the guy who flew the Confederate flag in the Capitol has predictably surrendered. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. <laughs> Bravo. That is a uh, chef kiss fucking headline. So Just good. a chef uh. kiss headline. We got a message from Catherine and Catherine included a spreadsheet that I hope Ian will remember to include in our show notes. And if not, we'll have him posted a day or two after and when we remind him. But in the show notes, uh, we have a, we'll have a, 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 a link to a spreadsheet. What Catherine did was go through every single person who voted uh, to overturn the election uh, in the House and in the Senate and voted uh, no to impeachment. And they've got a spreadsheet that they're working on right now and uh, wanted to share it with us. So they're going to keep on adding to it. I suspect that they will add the numbers for the people who vote who vote no 
for the impeachment in uh, in Congress. So, uh, so yeah, so uh, check this spreadsheet out. I think it's great. I had a chance to look through and 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 dig through, and you can see, you know, find your senators. In there is also numbers. So if you want to call the people, especially in your district, to complain, the numbers right there. It's an incredible resource that she put together. I mean, yeah, wow, yeah, incredible. Wow. So we're gonna post on this week's show notes. This is from Stella, and Stella sent us an image, and it's a it's a Cadbury bar that is a chocolate bar, but it's a Neapolitan chocolate bar. So the bottom is milk chocolate, the middle is like a strawberry chocolate, and the top of it is a a white chocolate. It looks like a horror. It looks like a genuine <laughs> horror. That would go right in the garbage can. They're Ugh. asking how you'd eat it? Right in the garbage can. The trash. garbage can would have to tell me how it is. Absolute trash. Dumpster. It really does look like a scoop across bar, though. It does look like a scoop across it's bar. a scoop across bar. Yeah, like it's so. designed to be thrown away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm converted after the cookies. Like the Neapolitan cookie situation definitely made it. Yeah, they were way better when you took it. Way, way better. Way better. Way better. That's something else we did on the live stream, guys. Yeah. You're missing out all the good stuff, guys. You're missing out all the video stuff. So Rena sent in a message and said uh, that I shared a story last week about my job throwing away food and I quit uh, because of it. And they said they're from Russia and there's difference in laws, of course. They worked in a cafe and staff were forbidden to eat expired things for for reasons, you know, because it's been sitting out. There's a, you know, the 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 uh, four hour rule uh, of uh, food poisoning. You know, you don't want to leave something out for an extended period of time because it can it can get. Uh, basically bacteria in it and you eat it and you could you could get very, very sick. Uh, I want to, I do want to say though, the reason why they said it is because it was a company policy because McDonald's when I was, and I don't know how it is now, but when I was a kid and working there, they didn't want you making anything. So back then there, I know that now they keep things in like weird steamer things, but back in the day, they used to just make a Big Mac and put it in a warmer thing. And then you'd walk in and you would say, hey, I'd like a Big Mac. And they'd reach in the warmer thing and they'd give you a Big Mac. When I worked at McDonald's, you were not allowed to just go, I'm going to make myself something to eat and make yourself something fresh. You had to grab something off of the line and eat that. You couldn't just, if there was no way really? of fish. Yeah, no, you weren't allowed to make a thing when I worked there. Could um, you buy they, it? You could, yeah, you could buy it, but they fed you a food, so they allowed you to have one sandwich, a fry, and a you know a drink when you when you pulled a shift. So they would they would allow you to do that, uh, and they would say, you know, you will allow you to do that, uh, but you got to pull something off the thing. So if you're making a bunch of, so the, the, what you would do is you would make a bowl before you're going on break, especially if you work in the grill and you knew you wanted a quarter pounder, you just make a bunch of quarter pounders before you go on break. <laughs> then you put one in there and then you get a fresh quarter pounder. Right. That's what you do. But you know, so there's an easy way around it, but they wouldn't let you make the food and they didn't want you eating things that you would have to make essentially. So they were, they were very, very strict about that. And the lady yelled at me specifically because she didn't want us eating the food because it's a bad precedent to set. If they set the things down and they say, yeah, you can have what's left over, then you might pull it out a couple minutes earlier. You might take right. it back and then bring another one out. You might take it back when there's one roll in there or two rolls and bring it back to your friends behind the. So they never wanted to encourage people eating the product because they, 
their their margins, I guess, are probably pretty slim there. And they don't want, you know, a bunch of teenagers just fucking eating cinnamon roll after cinnamon roll. <laughs> so they, they discouraged it. And I understand why they did it. I just also understand that I couldn't work in a place that would forbid me a cinnamon, a cinnamon roll. That's just, a, that is a quittable offense. Fuck you. That's all I'm saying. I, I will a say, Cecil, I don't know how slim their margins are, but I know if I had free access to cinnamon rolls, I would not be yeah. slim at all. It would not be slim. It no. would not be slim at all. No. We got a message from Tom and Tom had said, uh, Tom was saying, hey, you guys said that they broke a Walgreens window or set a, a garbage can on fire. But I saw wide swaths of devastation from the George Floyd protests. And I and I I was using hyperbole when I said that I was I was using there was definitely deaths from the George Floyd uh, uh, protests this summer. Uh, heck, even uh, conservatives went out there and racked up a few deaths. Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse got a, he bagged a couple. Uh, but, uh, but you know, there was also, there was definitely people who got murdered by the police. That happened as well. And then there was, you know, people who, who wound up getting caught up. I, I, I know I, I was reading through a bunch of different deaths that went through. Some police officers lost their lives this summer because of it. Um, or at least they, they try to link it to it. I don't know how linked it is. Um, I know that there was a drive-by on some police officers and they're trying to link it to the protest. But in any case, there were deaths and there was also lots of devastation, lots of destruction. But that destruction was very localized. I know that coverage outside of the United States made it look like the entire United States was just this burning crisp. But <laughs> I, I lived two blocks right. from where the, the riots took place downtown in Chicago. And that stuff was cleaned up in a half an hour, a couple hours. You know, the next day it was cleaned up. Um, you know, sure, we, we had some boards on windows for a little while. And I think they were there for preventative measures more so than anything else. Um, but they... They were replaced relatively quickly and, you know, uh, things were back to normal within a very short amount of time. So, uh, so I, uh, when I, what I, the thing is, is that, that people are pointing out, they're saying, you know, that there's, there's, uh, nobody did what they did. Nobody did what the insurrectionists did. Nobody had the intent that the insurrectionists had to, to kidnap people. Hell, uh, the Portland mayor or something, some, one of those big mayors, maybe Seattle or Portland or something went out and literally talked to the black lives matter people and they shouted him down, but they didn't kidnap him. They weren't going to kill him. Right. They yep. weren't going to try to murder him. So there's a big difference between what those people were doing and the people that were, that were marching this summer. And I know people are trying to equivocate and, and trying to put those together. And I know you're not doing that, Tom. Uh, not you, Tom, Tom, uh, patron Tom, but, uh, but I know you're not doing that, but there are people out there who are trying to say, these are the same things. These are exactly the same things. And if you aren't upset with the destruction over the summer, then you shouldn't be upset with what happened at, at the Capitol building. But those are total, they're for totally different reasons and totally different things happened. And five people died in that thing. And they're, you know, they're 30 people. They're trying to pin 30 people, 30 deaths on all the protests over the summer with, you know, 20 million people protesting. So 6,000 people protest and five people die. And one of them is a cop who got beat to death with a flag. Yeah. Well, also look, look at the spaces that they were occupying and what the goals are. Like if, if, if during the, the, the George Floyd protests, if they break into, to your point, if they break into a Walgreens and fuck up a Walgreens, that doesn't potentially unseat democracy. Yeah. There's a really, and I know again, Tom, you're not making this point, but there's a there's a massive, massive difference. If you break into the Capitol building where literally all of the government is working today with the intention to murder members of the government, that's a really big difference in terms of your goals and the potential effect versus I broke into a Walgreens and I stole some shit from the pharmacy. Yeah. Right. Like it's just it's just a wildly, wildly yeah. different yeah. set of goals and the repercussions 
don't even scale a little bit. And I, I, I want to, again, third time iterate. I know you're not making that uh, that argument, Tom. I know that that's not what the argument you were making. You were, you were making a very simple comparison argument. I know you're not making that broad argument that we were just, but that is a very common argument that I'm hearing a lot and we just wanted to address it. Okay, well, that's going to wrap it up for this week. Remember to join us for our live stream upcoming week, this upcoming week, 9 p.m. Central. Uh, come hang out with us. We'll chill. It'll be a good time. And uh, that's going to wrap it up. We're going to leave you like we always do with the Skeptic's Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead pan, sales pitch, late night info docutainment. Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death and towers, tarot cars, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and information provided on this podcast are intended for entertainment purposes only. All opinions are solely that of Glory Hole Studios, LLC. Cognitive dissonance makes no representations as to accuracy, completeness, currentness, suitability, or validity of any information, and will not be liable for any errors, damages, or butthurt arising from consumption. All information is provided on an as-is basis. No refunds. Produced in association with the local Dairy Council and viewers like you.